Have you ever, um, have you ever been lost? I remember um, as a child that feeling, it tended to happen a lot um, because I was, I was one of four and I don't know if there's any mums, I, I know there's some mums, I don't know if there's any mums that have wayward children, but um, me and my brothers and my sister were kind of little, little ferals, I'll say, and um, any time at the shops, it was almost like we'd walk in and then just poof, take off in all directions. Um, and I can remember the feeling of, of being there in the supermarket and you'd look up and you'd look and you'd just see that, just an empty aisle and all of a sudden you'd be like, oh no, I've lost my mother. And uh, obviously I wasn't that articulate at three or four, but, um, but you'd be in this panic and you'd start to fret and you'd probably start to scream and to cry and maybe one of the you know, 15-year-old workers would come over and say, oh, can I help you? And you'd just, I can't find my mum! And then your mum would, would wander around and you'd be like, oh, she was there all along. I don't know if you can relate to that feeling, but uh, I want to ask you another question to start off with. Have you ever lost something? We asked some of our kids at youth and this is what they said. I went to the city and my phone was out of charge so I couldn't find where I was. I would say when I came back to Australia after living in Indonesia for a couple of years I wasn't really sure you know, where my place was in the world and that. Yeah I have one time I was in this really really big church and I couldn't find my parents after the service was over. When I first got my peas I swear every time I went somewhere I got lost. I think probably faith-wise I've had some ups and downs, like kind of not knowing if God was there and yeah, I guess being pretty scared in that, but I think, yeah, I think God's always come back and shown himself to me and yeah, and it's all been okay again. Cool. So tonight I'm going to share um, with you three stories from the Bible. If you've got your phone and you've got a Bible and you like to read along, that's all in Luke 15 um, tonight. And it's three stories um, from, from the chapter that Jesus told. So these, these are Jesus' actual stories that he told to people uh, when he was here on earth. And he told them um, to kind of a group of religious, self-important people that were criticizing him for spending time with what was then the undesirable people um, of his day, people on the margins, people that um, if you were a good and proper person you wouldn't, you wouldn't really spend time with them and, um, and this is, these three stories are Jesus' response to that criticism um, and they're three stories that um, I believe have the power to change lives back then when he told them but also tonight because they're Jesus' words and he's alive and his words have power so we're going to we're going to get straight into it. I might just pray quickly first, um, and, yeah, and then we'll read the word. Father God, thank you so much that you are here with us. Thank you, Lord, for your uh, immense, unconditional love that you have for each and every one of us. Thank you that no matter if we've had the, uh, the absolute best week of our lives or the worst, that you're here and you meet us exactly where we're at. Lord, I pray that as 
Uh, we speak tonight as I speak, as I share, that you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would be speaking to the people here, reminding them, showing them of your great love for them. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first uh, story that Jesus told is called, that's really small, sorry about that, is called the parable of the lost sheep. I'm just going to read it to you. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, this story. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So the first story that Jesus tells is the story of this shepherd who had 100 sheep and lost one and ventures out into the wild to find that one precious sheep that he'd lost. I did a bit of uh, research on uh, Google and found that um, shepherds back in those days would keep their sheep in like, um, like a pen, but it, it wasn't like fencing. It was like they would gather thorn bushes and things and kind of create this um, sort of pen to keep them in. So obviously one of them, so that was to kind of keep out like lions and, and bears and, and that kind of, kind of stuff. So one of his sheep has gone missing and this shepherd's like, I need to go and find it. So he leaves the other sheep somewhere safe and he ventures out into the desert to find the lost lamb. And he is a shepherd. We're going to assume he's been a shepherd for a long time. So he knows the kind of dangers that are out there. He knows that there is uh, lions and bears and wolves and thieves and robbers and people that would love to get their hands on this lost sheep of his before he can rescue it. But the shepherd is determined. He's not content with his 99 sheep. He wants that that last one, that hundredth one back. So he goes out, he faces whatever dangers come, and he grabs it and brings it back to safety. And he picks it up and carries it, and he gathers all his friends, and he gathers his family and his neighbours together, and they have this great celebration when I read the story, I wondered if maybe they had some kind of celebratory feast, um, maybe with lamb, but I think maybe that's not the point of the story. <laughs> but the shepherd in this story represents Jesus, who, in accordance with God the Father's will, stepped out into the wild, into the mess, into mankind to search and find us. So Jesus came to find what was lost and bring it back into relationship with God the Father. And one sheep out of a hundred may not seem like very many. I I mean, I don't own animals or or anything, but I feel like if I had a hundred sheep and one went missing, I'd probably still be happy with 99. But that's not the case for the shepherd in this story, and it's not the case for Jesus. Because the thing about Jesus is he knows his sheep. He knows what he's lost. 
And the story, I, I think the point of this story here is that God actually knows you. And he knows where you are. He knows whatever kind of messes you get yourself into. He's there and he knows. And some of the stuff he knows about you might be really good. And some of the stuff that he knows about you, you would rather people didn't know. But despite that, he walks out, he steps out into the wild and he finds his lost sheep and he brings it home. So the first thing I want you to remember tonight is that God knows you. The second story is a... The story of a woman who loses a coin. Jesus says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So there's this woman who's lost a coin and she, uh, she's desperate to find it. I remember once um, when my wife, um, Jasmine and I, we were either dating or maybe engaged, I can't really remember, but um, she was studying at Adelaide Uni and I'd gone into the city to meet her and we met up and she realised that she'd lost her purse. Um, and, you know, sometimes that would be okay. You would, you would you'd be like, okay, it's some cards, I can cancel the cards, it's all good. But she left in there a couple of thousand dollars that she needed in cash to pay for her rent. So um, she panicked and I tried to be like, oh no, it'll be fine, it'll turn up. And she ran off through the city back towards Adelaide Uni and I kind of maintained a steady jog uh, in pursuit. Um, and she goes back into the uni and, and goes down into the library to try and find um, her purse that she'd left there. And we did find it and it was untouched, and the money was all there. Um, and the relief, I remember afterwards, was, was immense. The reason we were so worried is because what we'd lost had, had value. And the woman in this story who's lost the coin is also worried. She's lost 10% of what she has. If she has 10 coins and she's lost one, that's, that's 10% of, of the things that she owns. And she searches for it and she can't find it. So she lights a lamp. Now, to light a lamp, she had to use oil. And oil was really expensive. It was, a, it was kind of a luxury. And you'd only use it when you really had to. But she uses this oil to light this lamp so that she can find the coin. And like the shepherd, when she finds it, she gathers everyone together and celebrates that she finds it. And I think that what we can see in this story is that God values us. Just like this woman valued this coin to the point that she would use something expensive to light up the room so that she could find it, God so loves us that he would send Jesus, the light of the world, to light the way to be found in him. So the first thing is that God knows you, and the second thing tonight is that God values you. He holds you in high esteem. You are worthy to be called a son. You're worthy to be called a daughter of God. And, we, and sometimes I think in church we say that and we hear that a lot, but that's incredible. That's insane. That God, who created all things, who knows all things, who is all-powerful, actually values you for who you are, for who he created you to be. 
So God knows you and God values you. And the third story that Jesus tells in Luke 15 is the, the story of a lost son, the story of the prodigal son. And he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and he took a journey into a far country and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began, began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I'll say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. So the son goes to his father and asks basically for his portion of, of, of the will of what he was going to inherit early. Which I could imagine as a parent would be a bit of a kick in the guts. He's kind of like, look, you're taking a long time to die, so I'll just have it now if that's okay with you. And the, son, and the father's like, okay, if that's what you want, that's what, that's what I'm going to give you. And he goes off, and the Bible said he wastes it on reckless living, parties, really bad investments, prostitutes, those kind of things. He wastes his money, and he ends up homeless, with nothing, without a friend, and without a family. He ends up in a field wishing that he could eat the food that the pigs were eating. That's not a good place to be. He's lost. And I think the father would be, you know, it would be forgivable if the father decided, okay, my son's gone, that's it. I'm writing him off. I don't want to see him again. He's turned his back on our family. He's not staying here to work. He's, he's run off. He's gone. But that's not what the father did. The Bible said that the father was there waiting. So I'm imagining that in this story, for however many months this son is gone, that that father is walking out and he's looking and he's searching and he's hoping to see his son returning on the horizon. And then one day, one day the father looks out and there's the son, probably head bowed, staggering, hungry, and the father sees him and the father doesn't wait. The father runs to him. The father sprints towards him with his arms open wide and embraces him and kisses him. 
and the son's probably mumbling this kind of apology, just, oh, sorry, like, I, I, don't, I don't need to be your son. I just, I, you know, I've stuffed up, I've sinned. I just, I just want a roof over my head and some food, please. But the father's like, no, you're my son. You were dead and now you're alive. You were lost and now you are found. You've returned. You're my son. Let's celebrate. So if the first story about the lost sheep tells us that God knows you and the second story tells us that God values you, the third story I think tells us the most important thing and that is that God loves you. And sometimes we think about God and we think, well, God loves the whole world because he kind of has to because he's God and, and he loves everyone and yeah, that's all well and good. But God actually loves you, the individual. He knows you. He knows everything about you and he loves you deeply and he shows his love. In the Bible, we read in the Gospels, in the story of Jesus, that Jesus was sent by the Father because of love. He was sent and he lived as a man and he committed no wrongdoing and he was put to death as a criminal on no charges and he died. But because there was no wrongdoing in him. He rose again. He defeated death. He defeated sin. He rose again and he now has gone back to his father. And because Jesus died and because Jesus rose again, we too can have relationship with God the Father. Might get the band to come up. So we're talking about lost things tonight. We're talking about a lost sheep. We're talking about a lost coin. We're talking about a lost son. And every single one of us here, no matter where we are, wherever we stand with God, whether we believe in God or not, have at some point in our life been that lost son. We've been that lost sheep that's wandered away. We've been that lost coin that needs to be lit up and found. But what Jesus tells us in here is that God searches for us. God waits for us. He values us. He knows us. And he loves us so deeply. To be found is to know Jesus. To understand that you're both fully known and in being fully known for, for all the good and all the bad that you do and you think and you act, you're also fully loved. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He doesn't wait for us to get it together. The father in that story didn't wait for his son to realize the error of his ways and make amends and, and save up all, like some money and bring it back and pay him back and say, look, I've earned it. That's not how it works. There's nothing we can do to earn the love and the acceptance of Jesus. He loves us deeply, where we are, who we are. We're going to sing um, together one of my favorite songs, Amazing Grace. And it has this line, I was once, once I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And I encourage you tonight, if you do feel lost, if you do feel like your life has no purpose, no direction, that you're not going anywhere, I encourage you to reflect 
on the words of this song and reflect what I've been saying, that you are known, that you are loved, that you have value. These aren't my words. This is what Jesus is saying to you. This is what the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords says to you. So let's sing this song together. Feel free to come to the front as well if you want. Amazing grace, how sweet.